Too bad you don't have the the system that Bones has, where they can like, where they're like, click, 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 enhance. Can you clean that up? Click, click. Of course, <laughs> click, 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 click. Oh, that 640 by 480 JPEG that you just took out of a traffic cam. Can you enhance that? Yes. Now it's 47 megapixels and it's crystal clear. You can read the dirt on the license plate. <laughs> Mike and this is Steve and we don't know what we're doing each week we pick a different topic and spend some time trying to figure out what we don't know and this week we are talking about how we don't know our DNA, DNA. yeah so specifically the uh, home DNA kits that are becoming a big trend um, we tried out ancestry yeah and, uh, and 23 and me well I tried out 23 and me yes so we've been kind of interested in this stuff for the past I don't know, six months to a year, I guess. And we've been playing around with it. Uh, so we thought we would do an episode and talk about it. Yeah. I just got my results back from Ancestry, and I know you've done yours uh, and like half your family or mm-hmm. maybe all of them. <laughs> yeah. A lot of my family has done Ancestry.com. Yeah. So, I mean, I think in my family, we've been talking about family history. Well, I mean... We've been talking about it for a long time. My grandma, actually, my grandparents wrote their family history. They kind of recorded it in um, probably the mid to late 90s. All of my grandparents documented their kind of personal history mm-hmm. in like book form. Um, and then, you know, when you're like a teenager, that's not super interesting to you. So it's like you read it and then you forget about it for a while. But as I've gotten older, um, I started really getting into it more. And it, kind of what sparked it was I started getting really into the show called Who Do You Think You Are? Who Do You Think You Are? Who Do You Think You Are? Uh, but this is a U.S. version of a British show. It was on the BBC originally. Um, it's always a U.S. version of the British right? show. Right? We copy everything. We really do. We should do a whole show about that, actually. Oh, that would be really interesting. That would be. But yeah, this was uh, started on NBC uh, a long time ago, and then um, TLC picked it up since then. And it's going to be, uh, they're about to air its 10th season already. Really? Yeah. Wow. So if you guys don't know what the show is, basically um, the show follows a celebrity generally, and they do their journey to track down their family history. And they use partially Ancestry.com, um, but they actually get to go work with historians and genealogists and um, travel the world. Travel the world sometimes. Sometimes it's not the world. Sometimes it's only throughout like, New York City. Kind of depends on the celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it, it focuses on stories from their family. So it's not just documents and who got where, but really interesting stories come up. So that's kind of how I got interested back into my family history. Mm-hmm. And then, like Mike said, now I've done the DNA test. I've started working on the family tree with my grandma, and now my whole family has done their DNA test. So it's been fun. So where will your DNA DNA test take you? Um, will it take you all around the world? Well, from London to the Bay. Yeah, maybe it'll take me to all the places Carmen San Diego talks about. <gasps> yeah, I think later in this episode we'll kind of talk about where we now think we're from. You're from or me from? Or both of us. From? We are both from. Okay. Yeah. What kind of got you interested in this, Mike? Uh, I think you know that show also uh, kind of lit the little spark. Mm-hmm. But the spark was the spark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about it, I was like, oh, yeah. you know, I wonder where where am I from? Mm-hmm. 
I know that I do have family from Mexico, but that's kind of all I knew. Mm-hmm. I knew both sides. My mother's parents and my grand, uh, my dad's parents both had family back there, but that was kind of all I knew. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, I know that, you know, Mexico was conquered and right. whatnot. So I figured there was going to be a mix of stuff mm-hmm. before that, but I really didn't know kind of the extent to that yeah. or where it came from. And I figured, oh, there's probably some Spanish in there mm-hmm. and whatnot, but I'd never really thought about, well, what else is there? Yeah. And uh, the results were definitely surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, some were not that surprising because mm-hmm. it was, you know, kind of, okay, that makes sense. Common sense. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the rest of the stuff was like, oh, wow, I have this, that, this. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and the results aren't super pinpointy. Mm-hmm. They're a little more like, oh, your your DNA traces back to kind of this area. But it didn't say, oh, yeah, this specific like right. place. Yeah. I think same thing for me, too. Growing up, my family, we always talked about how my dad's side was Portuguese and mom didn't really know about her side. She thought Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of digging into this family history um, has been really interesting. And I think the DNA kits are just sort of one piece of it. It, you know, kind of like what you said, it doesn't really pinpoint, but mm-hmm. it gives you a clue of where you might want to research further. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Um, so why don't we kind of talk about the process for these? I mean, the, the kits are really easy, right? Yep. You get a little box in the mail mm-hmm. and then you spit in it. Yeah. It comes with a little plastic, <laughs> uh, test tube vial. Yeah. And you basically just, yeah, you spit into this thing until you fill it up to a line. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to follow the directions. Yeah. Well, it tells you. I like, mean, the directions are really basic. Basically, it's like, don't eat for an hour before you yeah. do the spit test. Exactly. Don't That's eat, about it. Don't yeah. drink. Um, there was some other thing too. You don't want to contaminate it. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you but want, it's not like working in a lab. It's not like if you don't want to make it out right before you did it. Yeah. Then yeah. Who knows what's going to pop up? Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, you just get the kit in the mail, you spit into it, and then you ship it back and you link it up with an account online. And then, you know, a few to several weeks later, you get uh, you get your kind of results emailed to you. Yeah. And you my, to... mine came back really quick. Mine were only like two or three weeks. Yeah. Yours took way longer. Uh, yeah, it did. Uh, but you have to make sure that you, they give you a code inside of the little box. Mm-hmm. And you have to make sure that you take a picture, you link it up like, right. right then and there so you don't forget. And then, you know, all your spit goes to mm-hmm. waste. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's really interesting because I remember when these things first started coming out, um, I was super interested in it, but at the time it kind of felt expensive and they've come way down. I feel like they've, I mean, they're still not cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ancestry ones about 80 bucks ish or hundred, but they have always have sales. We can get them down to like 65, 70 bucks. Mm-hmm. Or if you buy multiples, it can or if you buy multiples. Discount. Yeah. And, and 23 and me is similar for the basic kit, I think, right? It's like a hundred bucks. So 23 and me for the basic ancestry services, uh, $99 plus shipping. Right. And then if you want the uh, the health kind of information alongside the ancestry service, right. that's one ninety nine plus shipping. Right. And that's when you got me, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah, why don't we talk a little bit about like what do you actually get with these kits? So okay. we just kind of alluded to I'll let you start, but like you just kind of alluded to twenty three and me, you get uh, you can get a health component too. Yeah. So the the basic ancestry service, if you just get the like the less expensive one, that one is kind of the it gives you the the meaty part of what you're looking for is your mm-hmm. ancestry reports. Uh, and it shows a proportion of your DNA that comes from, I think, 31 worldwide populations. Mm-hmm. It kind of gives you a detailed view of that. 
and it mentions where your ancestors might have lived before uh, the airplanes and the ocean mm-hmm. crossing uh, boats came into existence. Yeah. And it gives you uh, some more information, like haplogroups, which I don't want to go into because uh, Steve looks confused. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, DNA family, like it, it finds other people that share that kind of right. DNA composition with you. Right. But not so much in a family tree aspect because that's more ancestry. It, right. It just kind of pinpoints other users mm-hmm. that might be relatives. Yeah. And you can link up and message each other if, gotcha. you, if you have like a pro- public profile mm-hmm. or whatnot. Yeah. And uh, also it, <laughs> it finds out if you have any uh, Neanderthal kind of uh, relation DNA relationships. What is that like to the original man yeah. or woman? Uh, to the Neanderthals. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I did not. So then, what is the health component? What do you get with that part? So the one ninety nine one. That one also carries the ancestry reports and all that stuff I just talked about. Right. But it also introduces uh, like carrier status mm-hmm. of your. Um, are you likely to be a carrier for this? Uh, what is it? Um, like pre gene, yeah, predisposed yeah. conditions, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, oh, Alzheimer's. Well, you might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, if it finds it, you might, you know, be um, a carrier. You're a carrier of it. Yeah, you you may or may not be more likely to pass that. That's down. what it is. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, there's also like a genetic risk one, mm. a wellness one. Like, are you more likely to be uh, like obese mm. or? Interesting. I mean, they could just look at me and know that part. (laughs) There's also some interesting ones that came up, like traits. Mm, That's interesting. uh, Like what? Like, did your DNA look like it? Like, showed that you have like light skin. Oh, interesting. Um, Your eye color, maybe what it saw was you're more likely to have uh, brown eyes, which was true for me. Hmm. Um, And then also, you also you get the raw, uninterpreted genetic data file. Oh, so you get like the entire complete breakdown? Yeah, you can get that. That's cool. They had like a warning, like don't use it for stuff you're not supposed to. <laughs> for for what? Like rebuilding dinosaurs? I mean, maybe. With Mr. DNA. Yeah, we're, uh, that's the reason why you want to do this episode, because you want to get the Mr. DNA tattoo. I do want to get a Mr. DNA tattoo. <laughs> maybe I'll do it after this now. With the Laura Dern glasses, sunglasses. <gasps> I would love that. I love yeah. Laura Dern. Because life finds a way. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, basically that was kind of the the breakdown, that's what the you loose got. breakdown of what you get, right? Uh, Versus with ancestry, which is the one that I've done. Well, mm-hmm. you did this one too, but I did this one first. Um, with ancestry, there's no health component, so that part's just out the door. But you do get the kind of genetic breakdown where they think your where your DNA shows your ancestors may or may not have come from, mm-hmm. based on the kind of same thing. The they have sample regions from across the world, and they match it. Um, but the other thing is that because it cross-references with Ancestry's huge family tree database, you can light up with a bunch of other members. So, for example, if it finds a match with somebody else that I don't know is on Ancestry, but my DNA matches, then I can link with their family tree and maybe even get more knowledge about where my family came from. Yeah. So, And I thought it was pretty cool, too, that the Ancestry, uh, at least the family tree aspect of it, mm-hmm. uh brought up these little clues like, oh, we found this. It could this uh this person also be you know, it found the uh historical like the paperwork or whatnot. Right. Reports, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That part I think is the uh that's really the the meat of Ancestry.com. 
if you guys haven't used it before, it's it's pretty awesome. You can start with just a bunch of basic information, um, first and last names for people that you know. Uh, if you have birth and or death dates, that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. If you have major events that you know for people, such as when they got married or things like that, mm-hmm. it will just kind of light up with things. And they use public information like census data and uh, marriage records, uh, war records. registration, military registration, things mm-hmm. like that, death certificates, yeah, stuff like that. And it really just helps you validate information that you may have heard. So for example, in my family, there were a lot of, we had a ton of birth and death dates for people that were just sort of written down on things in cupboards or my grandma (laughs) asked her mother about over the years. We wrote those down. So she had tons of this stuff on just scraps of paper and we started putting that in there and we were able to really validate that by seeing these records. And it just helps you build this tree farther and further back. It gives you clues because, you know, one census record might have the information of somebody you're looking for, but it will also say who was the head of household at that time. So then that gives you a clue of like who their parents were and so on and so forth. So that's really the magic of Ancestry.com. And that's that's why I personally chose that one to mm-hmm. do my DNA with. Because I have a really big family tree in there now. I've got almost 500 records in my tree. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like building your family tree. Before yeah, exactly. You did it. I was doing it anyway. So, yeah. Um. So... Why don't we talk a little bit about how these things actually work? We kind of just talked about the process, but I was really interested to see, you know, how does this DNA stuff actually work? Because I feel like my uh, my understanding of DNA is really limited to junior high. Jurassic Park. Uh, well, Jurassic Park, absolutely. <laughs> and then just sort of like what I learned in junior high and college from my basic science classes, which was not much. Um so it's really interesting, but it turns out there's several different kinds of DNA tests. Um, and traditionally, the older ones would test uh, either one, only one side of your um, lineage. So, for example, the test would either run through your mom's side mm-hmm. or your dad's side. So it would just pick like one of your chromosomes to run through or whatever. Hmm. Um, the newer ones like Ancestry and 23andMe, they do both sides. And so it gives you a larger picture. Uh, because it's not just saying your mom's side or your dad's side, it's pulling both sides. Um, so what they do is it's sample, well, the Ancestry one at least, it samples more than 700,000 genetic markers from your DNA. Um, and it's across 22 pairs of non-sex chromosomes. That's as about as scientific as I'm going to get. But basically, <laughs> it's really thorough. And what they do is kind of like what you hit upon before is they have these base regions across the world. Um And they call them panels. And what this basically is, is they have identified genetic markers that say these people are definitely descending from these regions. So in your case, it might be um, they have they've identified people who are definitely from uh, Mexico. In my case, it might be Portugal or wherever. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they take your DNA and they make a profile for you and then they compare it against those different regions to see if you share in any of those genetic markers from people who are definitely from those regions. And that's when it kind of gives you that hint that you talked about earlier about, you know, where do we think that you came from? Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. Um, I, you know, you talked about how it was surprising. One of the things that I thought was really cool was on the ancestry side, aside from just the matches and the the breakout of where you come from ancestry has this whole kind of DNA story element to it where, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier where it kind of shows where your family was probably coming from and two things that were happening in the world during that time. Mm -hmm. And it kind of taps into 
a sort of geographical world history and kind of shows a little bit about your family history aside the larger world landscape at the time too. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really interesting. It's, it's really cool to kind of paint a larger picture of what your, your ancestors were going through when they were kind of moving back and forth across these different regions. It's super cool. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big history nerd. So I find this stuff fascinating. I've been subscribing to ancestry and spending way too much money on this stuff for years. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, how, okay. So 23 and me, you only pay for the, the the initial service right there's no subscription attached to it afterwards right you have your data and they keep Mm -hmm. actually they keep asking you uh to fill out well they don't keep asking you but they there are more research like question Mm -hmm. surveys to fill out and that just kind of helps to unlock more content for you Mm -hmm. uh whereas um 20 or ancestry Mm -hmm. that that requires uh well, not the test, but to keep going, yeah, that requires a subscription. Yeah, so for example, you can submit your DNA and for your one-time price, and you'll get a login, and you'll get your breakdown of wherever it determines you're from. And as the technology gets better, it'll update over time and things like that. But if you want to keep building your family tree, what you do is you have to pay a subscription. And what that subscription gets you is access to all of their records, so the the census uh, population data, the you know registrations, the um, they now have a huge um, military registration database that they cross with, which is called Fold Three. Um, huge collection of newspaper archives. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in my family, uh, my grandmother uh, here, her father was killed in a big explosion here in the Bay Area at a Hercules Powder Company mm-hmm. years ago. And this was a story we had heard all growing up. When I put that information in with my new subscription, it actually pulled up a newspaper article with that front page of the day that it happened. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Um, so the subscription isn't necessary just to get your DNA, but it really lets you keep building on that family story as you go along. So I, I keep paying for it because I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to write a book now? Maybe. With your Maybe I will. family stories? I don't know about a book, but I definitely would like to explore it more. Hmm. Uh, doing this has really enlightened me and given me a lot more to dig on than I ever had before. So so I remember you took a trip out to uh, Spain and Portugal a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, and you didn't have this yet, right? You no, didn't I the didn't. DNA no. test, but you knew kind of that you had family out there? Well, we knew, we knew that my grandma... Uh, her mother and father were from Portugal okay. and we knew that my, we knew that my grandfather also had ancestors from Portugal, but that's all I had really paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, I had also heard that there was this like Chile, like family from Chile in there somewhere. And mm-hmm. I don't know, that's all I really knew. So yeah, I just took a trip to Portugal because, uh, um, you know, the family always talked about that's where we were from, and I wanted to kind of go see the, the country, and mm-hmm. and we did, and it was wonderful. And we ended up by chance meeting a, a relative there who was, I don't know, like a second or third cousin or something like that, but it was really cool, super, super cool. Yeah, but I wish, um, I don't know, I wish I had done a little bit more digging on this stuff before mm-hmm. I went out there. It definitely would have given me more to kind of look at while I was there more questions to ask and places specifically to go. Could have got to their records and found even more info. Yeah. I think a little bit. Um, Yeah. But I mean, 
Well, it's funny too, because the, uh, the you know, I, I went to Spain and Portugal and now my results actually show parts of it, parts of my lineage could actually be from Spain as well as Portugal too. So, Ooh. so it's interesting. I don't know. Does this, has it made you want to, has doing this made you want to kind of dig into your family history more? Oh, totally. Like I, I reached out to my grandma, um, my mom's mom mm-hmm. to get more information about, uh, who is who and just to help to build my tree. Cause my tree is not very built out yet. It only goes back mm-hmm. to maybe three generations, but mm-hmm. I want to get more information before, you know, people that are alive yeah. are no longer alive. Well, and that's what's really key too. Uh, you know, making sure that you get that information while you still have the people around there to give to get it to you. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things as I've become more interested in this, I, I try to make it a point to every few weeks go and see my grandma. And now I've started doing audio recordings with her too, just asking her to tell me stories because while she wrote down her life story back in the 90s, she all the time will kind of mention things that are just not in there. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we've been going through photographs and helping identify things like that. So it's, it's really cool. So what do you plan on doing with these recordings? I don't know, really. I think it's just, I think it's interesting and I think they're fun to have. Um, I'd like to think that if if we ever have kids someday that we could hand it on to them or, you know, we have, I have a nephew right now. He's not going to be interested for several years, but at some point he also might be interested to to learn more about these people. So that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really fascinated by, you know, the the history of our everyday lives. I think there's something really special about that. The everyday lives of the people that you know. Mm-hmm. When I think when we think about history as a big word, you know, or on the the world scale or the country scale, it's it's often categorized as kind of boring because it's hard to connect with that. You know, it's hard to connect with these big world events that happen before your lifetime. Mm-hmm. But I think when you bring it down to a more personal level where it's, you know, a parent or a grandparent, and these are people that you actually know you've shared so much of your life with, but then you don't know very much at all about their lives before you came along. You mm-hmm. know? So I think just that sort of personal history on that familial level is really interesting to me. Yeah, I know when you've uh, kind of talked about the stories that she had to tell, mm-hmm. some of them were super surprising or really interesting. Mm-hmm. And that could even be, you know, just one of those stories could be a, a book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's, she's my grandma in particular, she's given a lot of really great stories. I'd like to kind of see if we can frame around a couple of family stories from both of us to even make an episode of the podcast. I think that'd be really cool. That would be cool. Maybe yeah. uh, offshoots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. So we've talked about how do we submit it. We've talked about kind of what you get with it. Mm-hmm. Why don't we talk about really quick how accurate are these things? Are we going to talk about the results? Too? We will, but I okay. think let's save that till the end. Okay, okay. Okay. So, um, you know, I had heard from, uh, you know, as my family had started doing this, Everybody kind of started going, well, how accurate is this kind of thing? Because, for example, I would submit something and then my dad would submit something and the numbers would be drastically different Hmm. when you wouldn't think they would be necessarily when there's only one generation of a difference there. So So what did you find? So I dug on this a little bit and the answer is they're only as accurate as the, the data that's possible. So if you think about what you're doing here is you're submitting your sample mm-hmm. and they're going to measure that against whatever else they have in the database. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the database currently for Ancestry is estimated somewhere around 7 million users right now. Okay. That's which, it? Exactly. Huh. Exactly. 
And I think that's for all of ancestry, maybe. Or it could be the DNA. I forget. Some of the articles said 2 million for DNA. Some articles said 7 million. So either way, it's not, it's not you know, pennies, but it's still not. When you think about there's billions and billions of people in the world, 7 million is like a drop in the bucket. So when you think about accuracy, that's what you're really thinking about is they're only able to match you with the data that they have in the database. Yeah. That's kind of what I read too, or I'd heard. Yeah. That, yeah, it's only, you know, if nobody from, I don't know, Russia. Yes, has exactly. Given their DNA, or Correct. they haven't gotten any of those DNA results from anybody there. Right. And you have some DNA from there, it's not going to pop up. Exactly. So it's going to try to find just the closest thing that pops up. Exactly. To you. So I was actually reading, um, I found this article on this where I think this was from Quartz, uh, which is an online magazine, but um, this lady had done a 23andMe specifically. She had done this test and she was really confused by the results that she got. She She's uh, an Asian American mm-hmm. and she was really confused on why it was saying all these weird percentages. Uh, she expected to see more Korean in her ethnic background. Mm-hmm. And I guess when she got the raw data, she did some digging and their sample size was only like 70 something Korean people total Oh wow! in their sampling. So as I started digging on this, um, people that are going to get the best results are shocker white participants in their 30s or older. <laughs> and that's just because sheer numbers. There's just more white people in America doing these things. So so let's talk about that. Uh, did you get the results of uh, kind of, is America the top one that's doing this? Yes, absolutely. Ah, okay. The U.S. has is definitely the top user of this kind of stuff. Um, and so that's the other that's the other big criticism of the accuracy of these things too is because there's so many U.S. participants. Mm-hmm. The argument is that the like makeup of data from other countries is not well is not a large sample size compared mm-hmm. to the U.S. So, um, but again, you, you know, all of these services they don't nobody says that they're 100% accurate. They they're say it's a it's an estimate. It's yeah, a guidepost. It's a guide. It's a exactly. guide. Yeah, it's something for you to do more research in. And that's what I think is interesting. Um, when my family, when we all submitted ours, um, nobody's results came and said, nope, that's what you guys know you are. That's not right. Nobody got any of that. Mm-hmm. Like ours confirmed. Did your mom ever do it? Uh, I got a kit from my mom. She hasn't submitted it yet. But yeah, we'll we'll see. So, all right, Ellen, we're waiting on you. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I think it's just really interesting that uh, that. You know, it really just depends on the sample size of the stuff. Mm-hmm. So the more kind of maybe exotic you are, the less likely the results are going to be. That's correct. People who are less white. Accurate. Yeah. So the people who are from different cultures are going to have potentially less accurate results just because the sample size of data is smaller. Hmm. Um, so the last thing I want to touch upon before we get to our results uh, was privacy with this stuff. Ooh, Okay. So, you know, privacy is a huge issue right now. We've just had this huge article this last week about Facebook with their data problem and all that. Um, so I wanted to kind of touch upon this because this is the big thing. When, I, when I've talked about this to friends, you know, there's always this reaction about like, don't, aren't you nervous about privacy with this stuff? So it's a valid point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a few sides of this. Um, when, you, when you submit your sample... Um, you know, the, the everybody's first concern is like, well, what if there's family that I don't want to be able to find me? 
<laughs> so on that side, you have to you have to opt in. So when you submit your sample, you have to opt in to let other people find you with that data. Mm-hmm. So if you don't opt in, then it won't let other people connect to you. So gotcha. that's part one. You in that way, you sort of control who can find you with it on, through these services. So I can't find uh, you know uh, Jennifer Aniston and see if she's related. to Probably me. not. Okay. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, the other part of it is uh, that people have asked about is you know how much of your data is just going out there that you that you enter in. So how much of your family tree data is now associated with this and it's floating out? Mm-hmm. Well, the way that you submit it is semi-anonymous actually because when you get your kit it's just a barcode your name and stuff isn't actually on the kit at all it's on the shipping label outside the box but then it's just a barcode associated inside so the data that goes or the sample that goes to the lab is just associated with a barcode and you'd have to cross-reference it with your own login to actually see that it is you Mm -hmm. so basically like the lab technicians don't know that it's mike's sample they just know it's this barcodes sample Mm -hmm. for example however this is where it gets a little tricky. <laughs> so I started looking into the uh, kind of fine print on some of this stuff. Okay. I'm not going to lie. It's a little scary. Basically, they're cloning us. Is that that's what's happening, not right? Not quite yet, but <laughs> not yet. the legal language basically says that they could. Yeah. All right. Well. So Gizmodo last year did had lawyers go through and do a full breakdown of the fine print for Ancestry and 23andMe and Helix, I think, which is another contender in this market. But okay. um, basically, it says that they don't own your DNA, but they own a license to the sample that you have submitted hmm. and that they can basically do whatever they want with that sample. So it's very likely that they're just doing that to cover themselves mm-hmm. legally. But the fear is, you know, Ancestry has been in business a long time and they are very family genealogy focused. Yeah. So they already have all your information. There. Well, but the bigger concern is while these companies currently may not, may not be doing anything evil, mm-hmm. what happens if, say, five, 10 years from now they go out of business or they get purchased by somebody else? And then it's up to that. It. Then it's up to that owner what they do with that information that data so it is a little scary i guess but uh i don't know i hope we don't get cloned or if we do i hope my clone is slimmer and more attractive and not a psycho killer that would probably be the best that would be the best (laughs) all right let's get to the fun part why don't we talk about our results of this stuff mike do we have to yeah okay okay okay. you want to go first uh okay all right. So, what did you learn? What What were your results? <laughs> so, you earlier you told us that the only thing you really knew was that both sides of your family were from Mexico, and that's all you really knew. Yeah. Okay. So, in the twenty three and Me part, mm-hmm. uh, the results uh, <laughs> it said East Asian and Native American forty seven point two percent. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. What does Native American mean? Yeah. So in the case of Native American, mm-hmm. it kind of blew up like South America, Central America, uh, North America. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well. So that's pretty broad. That's America. That's a very large piece yes. of land. That's basically two continents. Yes. I mean, it's not really pinpointing <laughs> a region for you. Yeah. Like when you think Native American, I think most folks think of. Mexico and yeah. and American American, and American. Yeah. yeah, so it blew up all that. So which I, I can understand. I figured mm-hmm. you know because of Mexico and yeah. the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, East Asian was point five percent. 
Mm. Uh, broadly East Asian and Native American was 9.2%. Mm. I don't know. Uh, European popped up as the other part. It mm-hmm. was almost uh, 50%. It was 45.2%. Mm. So I had uh, some uh, Iberian, mm-hmm. South European, Italian, uh, Southern European. I had a little bit of British, Irish, French, German, uh, some Ashkenazi Jewish. Mm. Um, some West African, some Sub-Saharan African, okay, and North African. These were all like tiny percentages, just little percentages, yeah, yeah. like point four percent, point five. Sure. Uh, Middle Eastern, point two percent, and Oce- Oceanian, Oceanian, okay, yeah. I don't know. And that was like less than one percent. All right. And then there was also some that was called unassigned, okay, and that was three point seven percent. Oh, it's maybe you know people from. X region haven't regions that didn't have a sample for yet. Yeah. Okay. How did that compare with the ancestry? Okay. So Were your numbers like really different? Um, ancestry broke it down a little bit more. Okay. Uh, but it was kind of similar. Okay. So in ancestry, I got fifty-one uh, percent Native American, mm-hmm. and that one actually said Northeastern Mexico and South Texas, and that was versus forty something, forty-seven point two percent. It's pretty close. Yeah. It's only like a three percent variant. Yeah. And uh, the Native American also included Western and Central Mexico. Okay, so, so yeah, they got they got definitely more specific there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iberian Peninsula, it said eighteen uh, percent. Uh, Europe South, eleven percent. Five percent Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Mm. It had some Scandinavia, Nigeria, mm. uh, Eastern Europe, uh, European Jewish, Western Europe, uh, more of the African mm-hmm. part. But Finland. these are all little parts now. These huh? are all little parts. Yeah. Uh, Finland and Northwest Russia, huh. and then Melanesia. Okay, I don't know where that's at. But overall, it kind of sounds like your results were fairly similar between the two companies. Yeah, I think uh, the overlap is like almost, you know, really close. All right. So, what was surprising there for you? Anything? Uh, the Jewish part, the mm. African part. Although, aren't we all supposed to be from? Yeah, Africa? I mean, if that's sort of like the you know cradle of life or whatever, then yeah. I would think so. But uh, yeah. I mean, I kind of figured, you know, the Spanish, the Iberian, mm-hmm. uh, Italian was, you know, I mean, it's all kind of the similar area. So, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Does your family know anything about uh, like Spaniard descent in your family? Actually, I think my, I just talked to my grandma. I wanted to get her more information, like mm-hmm. who her dad was and yeah. kind of that to add to the family tree. Yeah. And she did say some family came from Spain. Okay. And so I was like, oh, wow. Well, well that's there awesome. There you go. Now I know I can link that up. Mm-hmm. So I need to talk to her. I'm going to talk to her maybe tomorrow and actually add more information to the family tree. So you know what was interesting listening to yours versus mine? What's that? So all my life, we've talked about your Portuguese, your Portuguese, your Portuguese, uh-huh. which is on the Iberi- Iberian Peninsula. Uh-huh. You got an 18% on Ancestry. Uh-huh. I got a 17 uh, I'm more Portuguese than you. <laughs> well, you're more <laughs> Iberian, Iberian Peninsula than me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Yeah. Although, yeah. One of the interesting things that I know you've been talking about mm-hmm. is that like your family owned Los Angeles. Basically. Well, yes. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Well, but, they, well, wait, we'll get to that. In okay, a okay, okay, okay. But, but what's interesting to me is I'm really white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, my uh I am a 35% Great British from Great Britain, 
and no one knows anything. Is that why you made me watch Paddington today? Oh, Lord, have mercy. No, we watched Paddington because Chad told us it was a great movie. And it was really funny. It was surprisingly funny. Anyways. I can't wait, wait to watch part two. Um, I just think that's really interesting. I'm 35% British, according to my results, but no one in my family knows of any descent from Britain at all. It like specifically says British? Yeah. Great Britain. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. So I think that's really interesting because on my dad's side, everybody's Portuguese. Uh, and then on my or Portuguese or Mexican and on mom's side, uh, she is Italian and Irish. So, but like we said, it's just, uh, it's just an indicator. So if my DNA shows it, then it's very, and I am in that, uh, I'm in that percentage of the population that's going to get the most accurate results through these because I'm a white person over 30. So, but your your mom and dad didn't pop up with oh your mom hasn't done it yet well my so mom hasn't done it exactly ah. so what this tells me is that there's more to the story on my mom's side of the family than what they actually know Ooh, dark secrets quite a bit more actually it revealed. looks like well we'll see about that uh, but yes there were some <laughs> other interesting things too like the the Ireland is in there for sure um, but then I'm also five percent Native American and this was part of the stuff that I didn't know a whole lot about. Mm-hmm. on my end which was um that uh a part of my family is actually from mexico oh yes yeah and this is kind of what you were just alluding to like these were some of the big surprises so seeing this stuff because i got my results probably six months ago um it got me to dig a little bit more on this because i got really interesting i saw that and i said oh that's really interesting and yeah so one of the big things was that my family uh, we are descendants of the Avila family, which was um, a family that was uh, a recipient of one of the original land grants of Los Angeles when they were founding Los Angeles. Uh, so really interesting stuff. So it has a lot more digging for me to do to see what happened between uh, kind of the founding of LA and, and now. And I also found out that the oldest surviving uh, structure in Los Angeles was built by my ancestors, which is the Avila Adobe uh, down on Olvera Street in LA. That's so interesting. I think it's crazy. Yeah. I just think it's nuts. Like, I had no idea about any of that. So, I don't know. We'll have to go do some more. Yeah, some more investigation. We'll have my own Hudo, I think I am, <gasps> episode. Yes. I don't know about all that. Oh, we can do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyways, was there anything else that was su- super surprising from yours? Um I mean <laughs> just the random places that popped up. Yeah. I knew probably we had some, you know, basically a mutt mm-hmm. mixture of all kinds of places. I think everybody is at this point. Yeah, I mean, but it was it was really interesting to see all the different things that popped up. Yeah. And I'm the only one that has done it in that I know of mm-hmm. of my family. So I I want to get like, you know, kind of like you did yours. Mm-hmm. I want to get like my grandma. My grandma really wants to do it. Yeah. So you I should want to do get it. one for her. Yeah. Uh, maybe my mom, dad, and just kind of build it out and see kind of where it goes from there. Because mm-hmm. maybe we can find, you know, new relatives or whatever and connect. And because the world is so um, more connected, mm-hmm. uh, you know, find relatives and maybe go visit them. Yeah, maybe, for hey, sure. You know, you're my fourth cousin or mm-hmm. whatever, but, you know. Let's, I'm coming. Yeah, I'm why coming not? to North Africa yeah, or yeah. 
I mean, we met a cousin when we were in Portugal, and that was awesome. It's so interesting to be in a different part of the world that you have never been before and meet people who you are technically related to. Like, I think that is just so cool. Maybe we have to start planning vacations around this to to film our own Who Do We Think We Are. There we go. I like it. Well, we already would know who we think we are. Who do you think you are? But the whole point is, like, <laughs> the the test just gives you an indicator. Like, to me, the really interesting part is the stories. Mm-hmm. Like, the test didn't tell me anything about the L.A. land grants or or about my heritage with a percentage of my background was from, from Mexico. Like, it didn't really tell me that. It just gave, it just said, I am 5% Native American, possibly Mexico. So I had to do some digging within Ancestry to kind of, go back up my tree to like figure that out and i think that is the super interesting part mm-hmm. yeah maybe you can find some uh something in the documents to be like i own part of la give me my money right that's exactly what i will do yeah. oh no 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 not so much <laughs> all right well we learned some cool stuff we did learn some cool stuff i did okay did you uh yeah i did i'm super excited to keep rolling with this maybe at some point we'll do an update episode and see what else we've learned mm-hmm. so it, it did take for a while from my 23 and me one took a, a couple weeks mm-hmm. maybe two months or so okay maybe two and a half months mm-hmm. the ancestry one though i did it um, maybe in february i sent it off mm-hmm. mid-february and maybe earlier than that but I just finally got my results uh, Thursday. Well, they say it takes six weeks. Yeah, and it did six to eight weeks. It yeah. did say that um, the results were going to take a little longer because yeah. they're getting more than expected. Mm-hmm. So they did. I'm sure because at Christmas they had a huge promotion for the DNA kits, so yeah. I'm sure they got a ton of them in there. But, uh, well, do we have any WTF facts this week, Mike? Well, I mean, we kind of did the facts while we were. Oh yeah. About it. Okay. But I do have some things that popped up in the uh, 23andMe aspects. Okay. <clears throat> so this was under the traits. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say some traits. Oh Lord. And uh, I want you to let me know if you think it's likely or unlikely for me. Okay. What, what the test said. Oh God. Okay. Okay. We don't have to do this fast. Okay. Uh, photic sneeze reflex. Um. This is where, like, if you see the sun, you are more likely to sneeze. Bright lights. Bright lights. Yeah. Um, unlikely for you. Yes. Okay. Uh, so this was also, um, the results were regarding research res- participants with genetics like mine. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you're right. It was unlikely. Okay. And apparently 80% don't sneeze, 80% of these, you know, in that category, yeah. um, don't sneeze when exposed to bright light. Huh. So we're not gremlins. I sneeze when I see bright lights. You're sometimes. a gremlin. I am. Yeah. Can't don't feed, feed me after, after midnight. midnight. <laughs> you better get cooking then. Oh, gosh. All right. Next. Um, okay. Red hair. I don't know. Your beard's pretty red. So I'm going to say yes. It said unlikely. And oh, I think this, interesting. this was the case for on top of your head, not oh, on the side of your head. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I do have some red hair in my mm. beard. Yeah. My uh, brother's that same way. He doesn't have red hair on top, but his beard comes in red. Huh. So ninety six percent were tested like not or don't have red hair. Okay, bald spot. Mm, let me think. Let me think. Did your grandpa have hair? Mm, 
well, your dad has hair. I'm going to say unlikely. Yes, unlikely. 61% don't have a bald spot, but my uncles do. Like, almost everybody else does. Hmm. So, I'm knocking on wood. I don't know. You're pretty late in life to to go bald at this point. I'm just hoping that doesn't Lucky. Whatever. At least you look good with a shaved head. Whatever. I look like an alien. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Asparagus odor detection. Does that mean you can smell asparagus in your pee? <laughs> yes. That's nasty. I'm guessing, that was like one of the things. I'm guessing that's a yes. <laughs> yes. 69% can smell it. That is so weird. <laughs> it's so Thanks up. for sharing that with us. Okay. Last one. Ready? Yes. I'm going to have to take a breath before I say this one. Okay. Earwax type. Wet or not. What the hell does that even mean? I don't know. It was it was a trait listed. What? Uh, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> okay, so ninety three percent have wet, sticky earwax. That's disgusting. Why Others are you saying these things? Dry, flaky earwax. My God, move on, man. That was the, that was some of the traits that were listed. How likely were you to share disgusting facts on podcasts? <laughs> Very likely. God. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, All right. Are you done? I'm done. <clears throat> okay. I have two interesting facts. Ooh, you they're have not, something. They're not WTF, but they were interesting while I was researching this. All right. I'm ready for your interesting facts. They're both about the show that I mentioned earlier. The, Our show? No. The Who Do You Think You Are? Okay. Oh, don't get disappointed. It's a good show. No, no. All I right. like it. Did you know that Lisa Kudrow is an executive producer? Lisa Kudrow, as in Phoebe from Friends. Regina Phalanges? Regina Phalange is an executive producer on Who Do You Think You Are? And she has been from the beginning. I think I recall that, yes. It's actually partially produced by her production company. Oh, good for you, In girl. partnership with NBC and um, Ancestry.com. All right. I didn't know that. Okay. Is she trying to find her, fr- her twin? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Stupid. Ursula. Oh, my God. Anyway, on the run. Okay. Interesting fact number two. And this, uh, I was always really curious about this on the show. Because on the show, uh, when they do the celebrities, they're really thorough. Mm -hmm. So in one of these, um, I think it was a Hollywood Reporter interview, they had asked her, how long does it actually take them to do the the pre-research, the the setup for the show? Okay. Some of them take years. So at the time, um, it was during the premiere of season three, which that's quite a while ago. Yeah. But she had said at the time that, uh, the Rob Lowe and Marissa Tomei episodes, the research actually began during season one of the show. So that was two years before. Oh, wow. And they actually didn't air until season three because it just took a longer time to f- film them and find the clues. Huh. That's what I always think about, too, is this genealogy stuff, it takes a long freaking time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really fun. But it's a big time investment. Well, I think I also to tag on to that, I was looking at the 20, no, Ancestry site. Uh-huh. And they also offer some services uh, for people like genealogists mm-hmm. to look up your information and whatnot. Yeah. And that's a separate paid service. Or yeah. I don't know. I didn't really go into much yeah. detail in it, but I did see that they have that option available yeah. for people that maybe don't have the time to do it yeah. or maybe want, you know, a th- more thorough mm-hmm. kind of investigation yeah. to see who they are. Yes. I might have to you. use that because I'm at a complete roadblock with part of my family history. Ooh. Yeah. I feel like a I feel like a detective every time I'm doing this kind of stuff where you start looking at photos and you're like, wait, what's that in the background? Oh, there's words on there. What does that say? And then you can look it up. 
That's where I'm totally stuck right now. Did you get your magnifying glass out? I start... do get my magnifying glass out. I'm not going to lie. Too bad you don't have the, the system that Bones has where they can like... Where they're like, click, 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 enhance. Can you clean that up? Click, click, of course. <laughs> click, 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 enhance. Oh, that 640 by 480 JPEG that you just took out of a traffic cam. Can you enhance that? Yes. Now it's 47 megapixels and it's crystal clear. You can read the dirt on the license plate. <laughs> yeah, or when they're like... Oh, we just pulled up this photo from the Titanic on the bottom of the ocean. Hmm, what's that inscription on her necklace? Can you enhance? Can you clean that up? Yes, hold on. Enhance, enhance, <laughs> enhance. Now I can read the inscription on the necklace in this photograph that was buried under the water for a hundred years. If only that was real. Well, maybe we can ask uh, ask them. No, maybe, maybe. Now I want to listen to the Bones theme song. How's it go? All right, I'm done. <laughs> well, this has been a lovely stroll down uh, ancestry lane. ancestry lane. I think let's do an update on this. Uh, maybe in uh, a couple months, as you talk to your family more and I talk to mine more, maybe let's do an update and see what else have we found. Yeah, that sounds good. It. Actually, um, listeners. Do y'all have any information about your family that you all found that was really interesting or maybe uh, blew you away or yeah. unexpected things that popped up if you've done these services mm-hmm. or if you've done you know your own investigations without mm-hmm. these things? Uh, let us know. We'd love to hear it and mm-hmm. maybe we can talk about it yeah. in another episode. Absolutely. I think it's actually, this is a great uh, you know kind of dinner party conversation because as we've talked about this with our friends, we found that some of our friends have family histories that are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Our, our friend Jeremy, who's been on the show, I won't say who, Ooh, but yes. he has a really interesting relative that he that he really wants That's to right. kind of write a story about. So yeah. maybe he'll come on one day and or one week and tell us about that. Maybe, yes. All right. Well, should we wrap it up for this week? Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right. Music for the show is by Adi Goldstein and Dimitri Banoff. And the opening vocal theme song is by Chad Gonselmo. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, everybody, for listening, liking, subscribing. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if that's how you get us, because that will really help us get our podcast out there to more people. Or on Stitcher or our other places that we can be found. So basically anywhere. I mean, we're not everywhere. Great. Thanks. <laughs> All right, you guys. Until next week, have a good one. Bye. Bye.